0: Have you heard about the new worker exploitation legislation? The Worker Protection Migrant and Other Employees Act came into effect on 6 January this year. That's right. It's hot. It's fresh. Last month, we saw the introduction of this piece of legislation. And if you're running a business, hiring migrant workers, or you even work in HR, then you need to make sure that you're up to date with these changes. And this is your ticket to getting all of the know-how. Hi everyone, welcome back to Lawlands. My name is Sunam and thank you so much for tuning in today. It has been so lovely seeing all of the traction of this podcast. It is amazing to see people reaching out and also for you to be following, to be subscribing, and to be following me on LinkedIn. I absolutely love it. It is not lost on me and Please feel free to share this with your colleagues, with your friends, anybody that will find employment law a little bit interesting. And if you know business owners out there, they want them to feel empowered in the workplace I want them to really harness employment relations in their workplace so do me a favor share it with someone that you know and hopefully they will find this valuable now if you're in the immigration space then I am sure 100% sure you would have heard about this change to the legislation for the rest of us including me if you're not in that space and you're a small to medium business and you're just running your day-to-day maybe even you're hiring migrant workers quite regularly This still could have flown under the radar. I know definitely with all of the changes to fair pay agreements and with trial periods, people were very much shifting their focus towards that. What flew under the radar is some major changes when it comes to worker protection. And a lot of it has to do with introducing a suite of changes across the Employment Relations Act, across the Immigration Act, across the Companies Act. These are three major pieces of legislation. And this particular bill was first introduced in 2022, believe it or not. It's taken a couple of years to get it through and over the line. It, the whole purpose and the whole idea behind it is to improve the compliance and enforcement legislation so that employers are deterred from exploiting migrant workers. Of course, it applies to all workers, but there is a specific focus usually when, when discussing these types of legislation around migrant worker exploitation. Before we get into that, <laughs> you know what time it is. It's time for Laughs With Law Lens, where I give you a dry joke in these episodes. Why did the office computer go on a diet? It had too many cookies. (laughs) Look, clear your cookies, people. Clear your cookies. Be careful accepting all of those cookies. You never know when your computer's got to go on a diet. (laughs) All right. So now that the dry joke is done, we are going to get into a very heavy topic. So I had to throw one into this one. But like I said, you might have heard about worker exploitation you might not have ever heard of the terminology before. And you might be thinking, what is this? What is worker exploitation? And what does this mean for for me, my business? So worker exploitation has been described as non-minor breaches. So non-minor breaches of employment standards. Now, one of the most extreme forms of exploitation that we see is slavery, and that's modern slavery. But what are the other breaches? We're looking at Excessive and unlawful wage deductions, that could be one. It could be excessive work hours. We see that quite often. Employees that are asked to work maybe 80 hours in the week or something like that when they're actually hired to work 40. And exploitative working conditions, so they might not get any rest or meal breaks and they might not get any PPE or they might not be provided with the general protections that they should be provided health and safety-wise to do their job. Failure to pay minimum standards or minimum entitlements is also another one. And non-payment of wages, also violating visa conditions as well, could be another factor. And that could be something as I say as simple because it would be something as simple as you've hired somebody on a particular visa type and they get a wage per hour based on that and you need to pay that, but you've maybe reached an agreement with the employee to pay them less, that's not okay because it still violates their visa. When you step into that territory, it becomes this migrant worker exploitation. So you really need to be careful with how you're going about it. Now, these changes are impacting different legislation. So what I wanted to do was first look at the changes to the Immigration Act. The first change will actually require employers to provide employment-related documentation within 10 working days of being requested by an immigration officer. So let's say that an immigration officer approaches you and they say, look, we need these documents and th- this is a list of, of all of these employment documents that we need. If you turn around and you can't supply it within that moment, then you will need to abide by that 10 working day rule. Now, there are three new immigration infringement offences that an employer can do. Apparently they do not change the employer's obligations. This is what Immigration New Zealand is saying. So this shouldn't come from left field completely. And the whole purpose behind adding these three new immigration infringement offences is to strengthen and standardise the sanction for non-compliance. Now what are these three new offences? So the first one is that allowing a person who is not entitled under the Immigration Act to work in the employer's service will be a a new infringement offence. I actually had this question come up a lot and it would usually come up in the agricultural industry where you would have orchard workers that maybe had a visa but their visa had lapsed and a lot of employers don't realise that as soon as that visa ticks over into expiration you can't have them working for you in the workplace. It's absolutely not allowed. That is a breach of your obligations as an employer. It's also a breach of the employee and them being a visa holder. They are now illegally in New Zealand working. And if their visa is tied to them working and living in New Zealand, then now they've breached their rights to actually stay in New Zealand. So it is quite serious. And I I remember dealing with one particular scenario and situation where the employer basically said what do I do because this person's visa we just we completely forgot and now it's expired and it's taking weeks and weeks to apply for a new one and they've got to work we need them and I said I know I understand but they're not allowed to be in the workplace. They're not allowed to be working without a visa. It's illegal. So you really need to make sure that you have some sort of system where you are notified and that you are staying on top of it. Because a lot of times I noticed employers didn't even check if an employee had a visa at the time of hiring. But now obviously with the accredited employer work visa, things have changed a little bit there. But still you'd be surprised depending on the type of visa how many employers just don't check or they've checked and they've forgotten or they don't keep one on record, take their details, make sure you get a copy of their passport, a copy of the visa and the visa conditions, because that's the only way you'll have the ability to search things as well to check their visa records. So the second breach is employing a person in a manner that is inconsistent with a work-related condition of that person's visa. So not employing them correctly as per their visa conditions is the second breach. Let's say that there are certain pay requirements uh, under the visa, or maybe they should only be working 40 hours. They should only be getting paid $25, for example. If that is the case, and I've seen a lot of times employers may agree with the employee to pay them less or just to get them over the line to get the visa, they'll set the pay at that much, but they'll end up paying the employee less and the employee being a migrant worker will go along with it. If that is the case, then this is a breach of the visa conditions. So that means that if, MBIE decides to crack down because we do know that they do crack down on certain industries like hospitality or horticulture and agriculture, construction. These areas do have higher rates of migrant workers statistically. So you need to be careful because if you're paying your employees outside of those visa conditions if you're giving them hours outside of what those conditions need to be then that's going to be a huge issue especially if you see a labour inspectorate or somebody come in even from immigration New Zealand somebody coming in and doing an audit it's always better to be on the safer side. The third one Is failing to comply with a requirement to supply documents within 10 working days. So, remember, I mentioned earlier that you need to, if an immigration officer comes in and they're asking you for these employment related documents, you need to provide them within that 10 day timeframe. If you look at their commentary, they are under the assumption that an employer would have all these documents in order. I laugh at that because. Nobody has their documents in order. It is very difficult to have your documents in order. If they're going off of this assumption, then unfortunately, we have to go off of that assumption too. But instead of making it an assumption, we have to make it the real thing. So make sure that your documents are in order so that you can supply anything to them. And like I said, the things that I noticed the most was that employers would not keep Any visa records, they wouldn't have the employees' passport details or anything like that. Now, another area that has been introduced into the Immigration Act is enabling the chief executive of MBIE, so the Ministry of Business, Innovation and Employment, to publish the names of employers who offend against the Immigration Act. This is a big change. So now we're going to be naming people. And Immigration New Zealand have said that MBA won't start publishing names of non-compliant employers immediately from the 6th. So that doesn't mean that you're going on this roster or this Excel spreadsheet of your name being printed, but it will start gradually happening. And the whole idea behind it, according to Immigration New Zealand, is to say that it's intended to support the publication of an immigration stand-down list where the names of non-compliant workers are published alongside a stand down period. So, you know, how long they can't hire migrant workers for particular employees for. And during that time, they won't be able to support any further visa applications. So the whole idea is to name them and shame them, basically. And it's not an ideal situation for an employer. But the goal is to make sure that you don't wind up on that list. That is that is the aim. We'll look at the changes to the Employment Relations Act next. Some of them are a little bit similar, but this will apply in a labor inspectorate's context rather than an immigration officer's context. So the first one is that employers who are unable to immediately comply with the labor inspectorate's requirement to supply copies or produce records for inspection must meet a 10-day requirement to supply the documents. This means that as an employer, you need to make sure that all of your documents are in order because when the labour inspectorate comes in and you can't supply or provide these particular documents to them, which are going to be relating to their inquiries, then you only have 10 days Before, employers would generally take their time because they would be trying to gather everything. You've got your payroll stuff maybe sitting with an accountant as well as in your payroll system and now you're trying to print everything off or collate all the documents. All of that will take a lot of time But the concern there is that you just don't have that time anymore. You really don't. And if you fail to provide this information, there are now infringement notices that a labour inspectorate can issue. The first one is an infringement notice and a fee of $1,000 per offence up to a maximum of $20,000 in infringement fees in a three-month period. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's like buying a massive new piece of equipment for your business, that is a lot of money. And it's a lot of money that could be saved from just mitigating a lot of the risks by having your documents in order, maybe having an online platform that you can use to house all of that information. Also making sure that you're not breaching minimum entitlements or minimum standards. Sometimes in the moment, it might seem like a good idea. Maybe the employee is on board, but all it takes is one employee to turn and be unhappy and then it just goes downhill from there. So the second infringement notice that the labour inspectorate can issue is to seek a penalty at the employment relations authority level for each of the breaches up to $10,000 for an individual or $20,000 against a company or a corporate body. So there are two major infringement notices that they can issue now. And we're looking at additional fines, we're looking at coming after not only the individual at the authority level, but also they can look at coming for the company instead. So you really need to be mindful of this and keep that in mind. So there has been one major change to the company's legislation and it crosses over into the other areas. Basically, people that are convicted of migrant worker exploitation or people that are trafficking are going to be disqualified from managing or directing a company. That is heavy, people. That is big. I remember when I was working in advisory years ago, this would have been about six years ago, There was a case that came up, and I I didn't have a look at it, but this is just sparked now. I might have a search, and I'll see if I can link it in the description. But there was a case that came up where I remember Burger King. I was so shocked coming to New Zealand and hearing about a a massive organization like Burger King not paying their migrant workers correctly and being banned, basically, from hiring migrant workers on that stand-down list that we just spoke about. Can you imagine taking that a step further and losing your ability to run your company? It's quite heavy and it's quite serious. And this is where I believe that Immigration New Zealand and and other government bodies are trying to really drive the point of now employers will be really held liable for, for their wrongdoings if they are doing any kind of worker exploitation. So a lot of times I've also heard that employers go, you know what, it's fine. I've got another business. I can just shift everything over, move it all over there and we'll be good to go. But what has been really interesting is that now with this piece of legislation and and this change, MBIE is saying that they can't rely on shifting things around and moving and doing the hustle just to basically evade or remove the heat off of them. And they're not going to be able to do that in any capacity. And the whole idea that MB is saying is that this will help prevent offending or reoccurring offences in future. So it's really serious, the changes that have come into place. And like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if this completely flew under the radar for, for many of you out there, because unless you're in the immigration space, maybe when you're hiring migrant workers, for some, not all, you might be aware of this. There is an easing into this, but there is no specifics around dates to ease in. So as it stands, keep in mind, the law is fully in force at the moment as of the 6th of January this year. With that said, I would recommend highly that you start looking at your processes. You start looking at the documents you keep. Make sure your things are in order because this doesn't just have to do with Uh, worker exploitation. Now that's it from me everybody. I just want to say a massive thank you for all of the support so far. It has been absolutely lovely to hear from everyone and please definitely come follow me on LinkedIn. I post throughout the week with different updates so leave me a a comment, subscribe, follow and have a lovely and amazing day or evening or night and I'll see you in the next one everyone. (laughs)